0: Welcome, welcome to Freaked Out with your co-hosts, Liz and Landon. What's up, everybody? Today, we will be finally covering the episode of Shanann Watts. You know what drives me crazy? Another name that everyone mispronounce. It's not Shannon, it's Shanann. So get it right. <laughs> you guys have been asking for this episode for a while, and we declined it because I did do a little mini-series on TikTok, I didn't get a lot of traction, but in addition to that, I just feel like this case was pretty much solved. However, since it's a bonus episode and we're getting a lot of information about it lately, we figured we'd give it a go.
1: Now, guys, this episode is going to be pretty long. And when I say a long episode, we dissected literally the hell out of this case to bring you what we think is the best case representation thus far of this Shanann and the two little girls, Bella and Cece. Now you guys tell us what you think. Also, we had a bunch of new patrons this month. So this was just like Liz said, a bonus for you guys in addition to everything else
0: we have recently discovered more information and i feel like it would be comforting to possibly give you guys more details about the things that might give you a little bit more sense so let's not waste any more
1: time now in the early hours of october 13th of 2018 in frederick colorado american oil field operator christopher lee watts murdered his pregnant wife who who is 34 By strangulation and their two children, Bella, who is four, and Celeste, or Cece, who is three, by smothering the children. He
0: then buried Shanann in a shallow grave near an oil storage facility and dumped his kids' bodies into curd oil tanks. Chris initially maintained his innocence in his family's disappearance, but was arrested on August 15th after confessing in an interview with detectives to murdering Shanann. He later admitted to murdering his
1: children. I mean this sick fuck you just couldn't leave it at like killing Shanann but you had to take it to a new level by killing your innocent young daughters like how can you do this like even killing Shanann like your unborn child as well. It's disgusting
0: in case you have been living under a rock or you don't know the case or forgot a lot of the details we'll go over a few things that are important to cover in this particular episode so obviously chris
1: watts and Shanann are both originally from north carolina and grew up there now just wanted to point out that christopher's mom was very unhappy that Shanann took him away to colorado now, we all know that this was in relation to Chris getting a new job offer on the oil fields in Colorado. So he had to move, and so did Shanann to make a new life in Colorado, away from all of their family. Chris was from Spring Lake, and Shanann was from Aberdeen.
0: They met in 2010 and were married in Melkenburg County on November 3rd,
1: 2012. The couple had two daughters, as we stated before, Bella Marie and Celeste Catherine, or Cece both Watts and at the time of her death Shanann was 15 weeks pregnant with baby boy who they were going to name Nico. The Watts family lived in a five-bedroom home
0: at 2825 Saratoga Trail in Frederick Colorado which they purchased in 2013. The family declared bankruptcy in 2015.
1: Now Chris was employed by the Anadarko Petroleum While Shanann worked from home and she sold products called Thrive for a multi-level marketing company named Lee Vell. She shows me she
0: had so many plans for this company and was making a pretty significant amount of money and she was just starting to get somewhere with it. And from what she shows me, it was going to go somewhere special if she continued to have the opportunity to do so. The company was more than just a job for her. It was a group to empower women and she considered them all
1: family. At approximately 1.48 a.m. on Monday, August 13th, 2018, Shanann was returning from a business trip that she went to Arizona. She was driven home by her friend and colleague, Nicole Atkinson.
0: Over that weekend, Chris had been home with their daughters. Later that day, Shanann and the girls were reported missing by Atkinson who became concerned that Shanann missed a scheduled OBGYN appointment and failed to return her text messages.
1: After Shanann missed a business meeting, Atkinson went to the Watts residence at about 12.10 p.m. Now, when the doorbell and the knocks went unanswered, Atkinson notified Chris, who was at work, and then she called the Frederick Police Department.
0: The police officer arrived to conduct a welfare check at about 1.40 p.m., During the welfare check, Christopher gave the police officer permission to search the house where the family dog was discovered unharmed, but no sign to Shanann or the girls being
1: found. Searches discovered Shanann's purse that contained her keys and the children's medicine. Her phone was also located. Her car was still there, which still contained the girls car seats, was still in the garage. And Shanann's wedding ring was also found on the bedside table.
0: I Don't necessarily believe it was found there. I think it was strategically placed there by Chris Watts.
1: Absolutely was placed there. Now, the FBI and the Colorado Bureau of Investigations joined the investigation the next day. Watts initially told police that he had no idea where his family might be and that he had not seen his wife since 5.15 a.m. the previous day when he left for work. He gave interviews to Denver stations outside the house, pleading for the return of his wife and his daughter's investigators with the search dogs could be heard on the property during the interview.
0: Now, Chris was arrested on the 15th of August in 2018, and according to the arrest affidavit and the footage from the security camera in the interview room, he failed a polygraph test and subsequently confessed to murdering Shanann he asked to speak to his father before he confessed
1: now according to the affidavit watts was having an affair and claimed that he asked for a separation from Shanann. during the investigation he claimed Shanann had strangled the girls in response to his request for the separation what a fucking sick fuck and that he had then strangled her in a fit of rage and transported the bodies to a remote oil storage site leased by his employer but right, though, wouldn't she
0: have strangled him, not the kids? Like, here, let me go kill your children.
1: Like, r- Right, that makes absolutely zero sense. Like, she wouldn't just go like, oh, he asked for a separation and then she's just going to, like, grab the kids and start strangling them. That doesn't make sense.
0: Right. Chris
1: was fired by the company
0: on August 15th, the day of his arrest. Not that it mattered because he could never go back anyway. But the authorities located the bodies of the Watts families on the oil storage site, situated approximately three miles north of Rogen on august 16th
1: the girls bodies were found in the crude oil storage tanks while shenan was buried in a shallow grave nearby bella and Cece's bodies had each been pushed through a hatch at the top of the two different oil tanks with the lid being only eight inches 20 centimeters in diameter god that freaks me out anyway according to the medical examiner
0: Bella had scratches on her left buttocks from being shoved through this tiny hole. A tuft of blonde hair was also found at the edge of these hatches.
1: On August 21st, Watts was charged with three counts of first-degree murder, including an additional one count per child cited as death of a child who had not yet attained 12 years of age, and the defendant was in a position of trust unlawful termination of a pregnancy and three counts of tampering with a deceased human body. He was denied bail at his first
0: court appearance. At a later hearing, his bail was set to $5 million, with him being required to put down 15% to be released.
1: According to former FBI profiler Candace DeLong, Cases such as the Watts are rare because the family annihilators usually commit suicide after the murders, an action that Watts claimed to have contemplated out of guilt for his actions. But I don't really buy that. He really wanted to run off with his mistress and start a new life. Right. Judith Barcy's dad
0: killed her and her mother and then he killed himself. So absolutely makes sense.
1: Yeah, the guilt yeah. overwhelms you from you killing and you have to kill yourself. He has no guilt.
0: It's because he loved the new person that he was. He loved the confidence. He loved being him. He was conceited and he felt like he was really sexy. And he never had a connection to committing suicide, even in his fatter days.
1: I mean, yeah, even when he cried to committing the crimes, it was because he knew that he was going to be getting in trouble, not because he killed his family, because he specifically said, well, what's going to happen now? Like, that's what he cares about more than The death of his unborn child, his two children and his wife.
0: You know, maybe he should have looked into that and, hey, if I kill my wife and kids, can I get away with it? Like, maybe he should have Googled that and see what he could have been charged with. Idiot. Anyways, the death penalty was not put forward in the district attorney on the request of Shanann's family who did not wish for any further deaths.
1: I mean, he doesn't deserve that. He honestly deserves to live with what he did and rot in rotten hell for the rest of his life in this jail cell. Absolutely. Killing him would be a kindness, in my opinion.
0: hmm. They were supportive of his decision to accept the plea deal. On November 19th, he was sentenced to five life sentences, three consecutive and two concurrent without the possibility of parole. He received an additional 48 years for an unlawful termination of Shanann's pregnancy and 36 years for three charges of tampering with a deceased body. His sentence began immediately.
1: On December 3rd, 2018, Watts was moved to an out-of-state location due to security concerns or worried that someone was going to kill him or attack him.
0: I mean, like, oh
1: well. I guess they want him to live with what he did. But right. We need him to live, though. Like as much as I get it, like people want to attack him. He needs to live and suffer in prison and not be killed so easily. Yeah. Well, he can get
0: beaten up a couple of times. Yeah. Let him get beat up for sure.
1: Get into some fights. Absolutely. But no shanking.
0: On December 5th, he arrived at Dodge Correctional Institution, a maximum security prison in Wisconsin to continue serving his sentences.
1: On December 7th of 2019, Oxygen released a one-hour documentary about the case as the first episode of a series of three of their television program, Criminal Confessions.
0: I want to start from the absolute very beginning, from all the lies, and I believe Chris has spewed off basically to the entire world, and we're going to go from there. All right. Was Shanann an easy
1: person to connect to?
0: Oh, she absolutely is an easy spirit. She is still the same hot-headed female that has always been her. She's very clear and concise with everything that she wants to tell. She wants to give her side of the story, starting from when she got home. Now she shows me she ran to the kids' bedrooms to kiss them goodnight because she missed seeing them so much. And being away from them for a couple days was difficult. She shows me it was nice to see the kids safe because she was worried and paranoid about everything that Chris was doing. I know he's the dad, but she didn't really have a lot of contact with them until she got back through that door. She was about to have a pretty intense conversation with him, and she wanted to have a moment of relief first.
1: I mean, also not knowing what's about to take place either.
0: I'm seeing that she walked into the bedroom. She did not want to take a confrontational approach in speaking to him because she had done so many times and she just wanted to get past it. She shows me that he was sleeping. However, he was pretending to be asleep. And she woke him up and she was rubbing up on him and again, very cold. She then quietly asked him how his week had been, what had gone on. And he kept the conversation very vague and that he had said that he was busy with the girls. They kept him occupied. It was a lot of work on him. He wasn't used to that. He's not used to being tied down to these kids so intensely. And apparently she felt like he was on a bit of a verge of a breakdown. She also asked him why he didn't touch her anymore. And she asked him about another woman. And he didn't necessarily confess to her. But he did say that he was unhappy in this marriage. And that she wasn't doing it for him anymore. He wasn't attracted to her anymore. He said that she was flabby. Just very disturbing things that a pregnant woman would not want to hear. I see that she broke down in tears and was bawling her face off, like heavy, heavy crying. She started screaming at him and things escalated even more. She had promised him that she was moving back to North Carolina, maybe even further, and that he or his family would never be involved in these kids' lives again. I think he also defended his family at some point during this conversation She shows me she really let him have it. She told him everything she wanted to say. She told him that he was a subpar father. The last six months, he's been completely disconnected from the kids. He barely acknowledges them. And even taking care of them is a big task and hassle. And from what I gather, she got up to clean a bit because the home was just a little messy. From what she shows me, she was stressed out. This is when the two of them stopped conversing and he then told her at some point that he no longer wanted to be married and wanted a divorce. She shows me that she expected that answer. And she told him she was going to fight like hell to make sure that she keeps those kids out of his peripheral vision and his families. She wanted to make sure that her kids stayed safe. She ended up going to bed. She was feeling sleepy. But she shows me that she didn't understand why she fell asleep at the time.
1: Now, did he drug her at any point during this? Apparently,
0: yes. From what she shows me, maybe it was in a tea or something along those lines, but she shows me that she normally struggled to fall asleep, especially when she was upset. But she did fall asleep quicker than normal, especially considering everything that just took place. And apparently he laid beside her, and apparently he flipped over and stared at her for a while. That was so that he could get the nerve, I guess, to kill her. Uh, Apparently, he had done that many nights prior, and this is not the first time he had drugged her. He was contemplating killing her, but he also knew that if he killed her, he would have to take care of the kids, and he simply just did not want to do that.
1: Now, is that ultimately the decision that led him as to why he ended up killing the kids? Yes. He
0: played it out in his head over and over and over again. I'm going to explain here how that transpired. She was definitely 100% without a doubt sleeping while he suffocated her. Now, I do see that he used a pillow and he put his hands on her throat. I see that she did try to scratch him and push him off of her, but he put all his weight on top of her and she shows me that she did scream loud enough and it did wake up Bella. Bella came in and panicked. Shanann suggested that he didn't expect his daughter, Bella, to come running out of her room. So he didn't get to execute this as
1: well as he would have liked to. I mean, of course, as far as we know, he's not someone that goes around often killing people. So he's definitely going to make a bunch of mistakes here. Yep. And
0: Shanann is actually taking credit for all of his mistakes. She shows me that she was trying her absolute hardest to give everyone signs to let them know that this was him and
1: only him. Now, had Chris ever physically abused Shanann previously in the past? He had not. However, Chris was a very
0: quiet individual who lacked confidence. He used to get made fun of a lot in his younger years. A very different person from who actually saw Shanann and held her to the highest degree. He loved her at that point. He didn't mind her bossiness. He didn't mind the way she would communicate with him because she... Although very abrupt at times, she would then apologize and make things better and she had a very sweet side, but it did start to really affect him. And when he started to change his physical appearance, I believe that's kind of when things shifted for him. I also believe that the previous relationship that Shanann was in was pretty volatile. She didn't really get those vibes from Chris, which I understand because it genuinely came out of nowhere. She had no reason to feel like he was ever going to hurt her or her kids. She shows me that Bella was crying intensely because mommy was not awake, but her eyes were open and she was becoming cold. Now, from what I gather, she was making a big scene. Chris was feeling pretty anxious about it. He knew that it was going to make noise. Maybe the neighbors would wake up. He knew he had to make his move now because he had to go to work. He told the girls he was taking mommy to the hospital and they had to come. And from what I gather, Bella was so worried and concerned. She did not leave her mother's side the entire time. Whereas Cece was still in bed when Chris woke her up, was very sleepy, not necessarily engaging too much. She was just concerned about mom a little bit because Bella was, but she was pretty quiet and also kind of grumpy. She got in the car, but holding on to her dad for dear life.
1: God, this fucks with me so bad. I mean, at this point, Chris is now just a heartless sociopath.
0: I agree with that statement. I feel like he doesn't have any feelings. I feel like he has emotions for himself, but other people, he has nothing. He was definitely attracted to Shanann when he first met her. And now, because she didn't put him on a pedestal, that didn't serve him anymore.
1: I mean, that's crazy and terrifying. Honestly, there's a lot of people that are walking around the world like this. Absolutely. He definitely was accurate when it came
0: to the girls falling asleep on each other because they did. And, you know, he had a lot of time to drive. So from what I gather, once he got there, he suffocated both of his kids. But I see that he suffocated Cece first. And then it still rings in his ears about Bella. From what I gather, I see she like witnessed him suffocating Cece and just was confused. And what are you doing, Daddy? What are you doing? And didn't understand then i feel like he squeezed the life out of her too and she passed on first bella but i see that he didn't check Cece properly and she was still alive so when he pushed her into that oil tank that's what ultimately killed her not the suffocation now shenan shows me that while all of this was going so normally in spirits die they have a transitional period not her she was screaming at him telling him to stop doing what he was doing and she says that the emotions in his face were not there according to shenan he thought about doing this several times throughout the weekend but even before she got home and from what she shows me he was screaming at these kids all weekend for disturbing him it was not very nice because
1: they ruined his plans i mean that is definitely a definition of a sociopath i couldn't even imagine watching my children die naturally or anything, even in the afterlife, in the manner that he did this in. No matter what ages they are, but these were very young kids and they really didn't do anything to him. I mean, honestly, they just never deserved any of this. And a lot of people have been saying that he says that he hears Bella constantly. Is that the one who is haunting him? No,
0: she isn't. But it's another spirit that disguises themselves as Bella, singing that song over and over and over again about how her daddy is her hero.
1: Yeah, that video was really heartbreaking when you were seeing Bella sitting in the back seat of the car when she was in North Carolina and singing a song to praise her father. The song, My Daddy is a Hero, He Helps Me Grow Up Strong. Then she trails off, he reads my books, he ties my shoes, you're my hero through and through. My Daddy, My Daddy, I Love You. It's pretty
0: traumatizing, and I hope that he does hear it every single day, although I don't necessarily think it makes an effect on him in any way because it would affect all of us, but not him.
1: What a sick fuck. Anyways, now there's one question that everybody has asked, and I know that you have talked about this in the past, but I wanted to ask you again here on this episode. Now, Nicole Kessinger, who was his mistress at the time, she apparently got into witness protection program and lives elsewhere now. You didn't feel like she was connected at the time. How do you feel about that now? When I first connected with Shanann,
0: she really didn't want to talk about the other woman too much. She was kind of like pissy about the affair. So obviously I didn't want to push too much. I had my own feelings about her, but I didn't really pay attention to her because I didn't feel anything pretty significant. Now, since communicating with Shanann the second time, she's more receptive to communicating about... Nicole, because she knows more about it now. She calls Nicole the soulless female version of Chris who got away with murder. Murder? Technically not the actual murderer, but she might as well have been. Let's start from the beginning. So, what Shanann shows me is that she was obviously open to the internet, as we all know. She's not fucking stupid. She says that 90% of people, especially women that are like interested in the internet, they're going to try and snoop and see what's going on. If there's like another woman or, you know, to look things up. And from what Shanann shows me, obviously her social media was open and everyone could see everything because she had nothing to hide. This girl was totally aware that Chris was with Shanann and not only expecting baby number
1: three, but that they were together together. I mean, absolutely. This happened in an era where people were very obsessed with the Internet like they are now. Even in the documentary, you can hear people talking about how they didn't even know her personally, but they were just watching her life on full screen because she posted so much of her life already. Everyone felt like they were part of her family, as they said. And of course, this mistress is going to look into that. And it's not like Chris, you know, asked her to privatize her Facebook or anything in case Someone would be out there. Makes sense that she would definitely go and look into that. Exactly. And from what
0: Shannan is showing me, she did not want to believe that this woman had any part in it. Because in her mind, she also is a woman with those urges. But apparently she was wrong. She says that this Nicole knew this stuff. It's like they found each other's perfect match. And as I write these sickening words, if Chris ever hears this podcast, it'll make him happy. It doesn't matter what kind of dialogue is being used. She was definitely aware of the relationship and was aware of the pregnancy. She's aware of the kids, and she was also aware that he was planning to leave. Now, did Chris and Nicole plan this together? Sit tight on this one. During the weeks together, there was no one else around. So he and her discussed hypothetical scenarios and how they wanted this forever. I feel like he talked to her about how he always thinks about Many different ways on how to kill Shanann. Shanann said that they would even have sex while discussing this, I might add. I mean, of course they did, sick fucks. Anyway, Shanann says that Nicole said, I support everything you want to do and need for this. I do see that although she didn't kill Shanann, she was there and present while he killed her and helped him out a bit. I even see that she helped him come up with this pathetic plan. She may have also been the one to help out clean up a little bit after the fact.
1: Either way, she was there in the house during all of it. I think that's more or less the reason why he had moved his truck from the street all the way in the driveway, like pretty much in the garage, and also the reason he ended up putting Shanann in the back. The kids met and played with Nikki.
0: And I even feel like she knew about the plan of killing the kids, but she still played with them anyways. Yikes. Anyways, she helped him move Shanann's body. She was actually doing the digging at Shanann's grave while Chris killed the girls, or at least so he thought. She then went home. They made a plan to see each other as soon as they could. She was the idiot who told him to call the school and unenroll them so people think that they moved. They also had set up the conversation as well. I think they were going to go somewhere. They were going to just sell the house and go somewhere else. He said, hey, uh, by the way, if I get caught, I'm not telling them anything about you. And she was really happy about that. I
1: mean, of course she was (laughs) like, wow, what a sick fuck. Anyways, the police were so distraught about him. They missed all of that from her. Plus, there was no evidence. Does she have any friends now? so get
0: this i didn't even know this existed but apparently it does she talks to this support group online connecting with aliases that hide their true identity amongst this group she became bffs with casey anthony and now they're still friends to this day being the women that are like hated
1: the most in the world honestly why does that not surprise me like i'm sure chris has talked to her too as well Because, you know, they both killed their kids. She's probably laughing all the way to the bank because she never confessed. Yeah. Now, there's something about Chris having a gay lover before Nicole came in the picture. Now, is this true? Oh, yeah, it is. I feel like the two
0: of them are connected to a gym or something. I see Chris enjoys the attention he was receiving from this guy. I think he, like, hit on him. I do feel like this guy did end up meeting the kids and everything. Now, obviously, Shanann didn't know. She thought it was a friend of his. But also, the kids were, like, around for this experimental relationship.
1: Jesus, from what they said, it was like about a 10-month relationship, as this guy says. But this is very interesting information and very good to know. Chris is extremely angry
0: that he did all of this for love and for her. And he feels like she really didn't care about him enough. Now, she has spoke to him under a fake name to clear things up. I also feel like she had heard all of these horrible things and just had to come to his rescue that was happening in prison. He did have moments while he was in the jail cell and he did communicate with a couple of his cellmates and he would put the blame on her and he wanted her to discuss the relationship openly eventually. I feel like they do still communicate now. I feel like she let things off of her chest because she really blamed him for everything she's going through. But she also feels like he's the only person she can relate to. So I don't know if there's just like a weird vibe between them. I feel like he also enjoys every aspect because he's definitely still obsessive with her as well at the moment. Now she has also become obsessed with Shanann and would often tell Chris to do what you got to do. I think the messages that he wrote that he said like gone was a little like code word to let her know that the killing the kids deed was done and that he had finally left his family. Even to this day, I truly believe that they communicate quite regularly She does pose as one of his sick fans. I also believe he shares with her that she would have never been, you know, his victim. He would have never killed her. So she feels so special. She feels like that was the most special thing as she is a sociopath as well, but not to the extreme killing kind. Just, you know, beat people up every once in a while. They do often fantasize about the life they could have had and they still believe
1: that he's going to get out and they'll be both able to do this. Wow, fucking crazy. Anyway, she definitely had led the police in a totally different direction, but they were so distraught about what Chris did that she just played the victim the entire time.
0: Hell, they may have even given her some sort of plea deal because she's in witness protection. So that's got to be some sort of agreement there. I understand it's a high profile case, but I think it's more to it than that, honestly.
1: Well, Chris is now in protective custody because they are afraid that he will be in danger if he goes out and is left in Gen Pop. He is now being transferred again because he was apparently beaten up. Well, you know,
0: just as a side note, he does get treated poorly in there. I know that there are some reports about him being shunned by guards and disrespecting him. He gets spit on quite a bit. Everyone looks at him sideways. Even when everyone gets a chance, they really do. And even on his birthday, he gets treated even
1: worse. As he should. I mean, sorry, not sorry. Now, he does have a job as a custodian at the prison, or did have a job as a custodian at the prison, and I hear he gets pretty roughed up in doing that, too.
0: They give it to him in every possible way. There's even some people in there that have been personally paid off to screw around with him. I do feel like there's a hit on him And whoever gets it gets a nice payout. But the guards are aware of this and do understand that if he gets murdered, they will have bigger issues on their hands. So they don't allow the inmates to do anything
1: too bad. There are women pen pals that he has and he's had them for quite some time. And they obsess and tell him that he is innocent and that he did what he needed to do. And they don't care what he did. And that they love him. It's pretty fucked up. I think they still believe in his initial statement that Shanann killed the kids and he had to kill her.
0: Yes. There was even one person that decided to take it to another level and met with him. She says that she had talked to him about the kids and how he killed them. And that he had like darkness in his eyes because she had seen him in person. She says his eyes would go black when talking about it. As if he was just drinking a cup of coffee and discussing, you know, the morning news. The finer things in life. It's chilling, as she described. In fact, he likes to talk about it over and over and over again, repeats himself over and over and over again in these letters, like he's enjoying it. That's what sick
1: sociopaths do. Definitely something snapped in his head there. Now, what a proud accomplishment, you know, squeezing the life out of these little babies and then putting them in an oil tank, in a super tiny hole to get rid of them. Like, that's such a great accomplishment. These
0: women that have an obsession with Chris are obviously disgusting and they have this fantasy of saving him and trying to save him. I even feel like some have offered to get rid or hurt the people in Shanann's family. And also did want to mention that Shanann wants me to write a letter in the mail and send it to him. But I don't know if we'd get into some legal issues. So we'll have to reevaluate that. But I'm definitely going to write this letter and at least read it out loud here and maybe on TikTok.
1: Yeah, might be not a good idea, but maybe we can figure something out. So he's also come out in the media stating that God told him to do this.
0: That is certainly not the case. He likes to use the excuse to anyone else telling him what to do. So he can't take full responsibility. He even puts in his letters that he feels like he should be locked up for his crime. But he also feels like he's not a danger to society and he should be let out. He actually thinks that it's going to happen and that his lawyers will obtain an appeal. And when they do come to that, he's going to get out at some point like soon. Now, it
1: was also stated in his little confession letter to one of his followers that came out and told the world about it that he was planning to take that insurance policy money as well and start his new life with no baggage. Now, that's what he calls his children, you know, baggage. A couple other questions I have from the viewers. Here's one. What was Shanann's motive to continue on posting her and her husband's life
0: from what she shows me she did
1: genuinely have the thoughts in her brain that she was happy because
0: she was in an abusive relationship previously and because chris was chill and quiet she felt like she had found genuine true happiness she decided to let everybody know everything and then everything started to go wrong she didn't want anyone to think that things were wrong because she posted so frequently so she continued to keep up with this facade of having a happy life chris hated every single minute of it he told her that too but she told him it was work
1: reasons and she
0: had to keep going
1: i mean yeah once you become an influencer you know where people are expecting videos it's really hard to just randomly stop now let's talk about the house it has been since sold to the new family the miller family And they've been getting a lot of backlash about buying this house, even down to the fact that they have small children and they bought this house. And like, apparently there's an obsession with Shanann Watts.
0: I wouldn't say obsession, but she definitely knew about the situation way beforehand. And because of the price of the home, it was remarkable in her eyes. And she wanted to have a big, big house. So she decided that, hey, I'm going to save money on buying the home and then I'll just put it into restructuring it and making things, you know, better. I feel like she feels like she connects well with Shanann, but she does have, you know, those moments and those memories that have been creeping in on her. She didn't anticipate that to happen. The kids obviously are still roaming around the house every once in a while. The kids are still confused to this day as to why their father hurt them. But they often go back to this house for those memories, and Shanann goes there as well. Shanann likes to take them there to keep those good memories in their hearts. However, Shanann feels like her kids' lives were all lies. I know Nico is also there with them, but he's still like a baby, so he didn't have to experience any of this, luckily.
1: What was Chris's attraction to Nicole?
0: I know that Nicole wanted to have children, but I think that's all a lie. But she wanted her adult life. She also equally enjoyed working out and aspects of that. And she felt like she had found her soulmate. She was submissive and that's what he wanted. That's why he felt like she was the perfect girl in his eyes.
1: What I can't wrap my mind around is that Chris's family forgave him for killing their grandbabies. It's almost like they're in complete and utter denial almost as if they believe still what Chris said that she killed the kids and he was just taking her life in repercussion of that. His parents always felt like he could do no
0: wrong and they do really believe that to this day and that she pushed him to the extreme and consistently being interrogated. I feel like Chris's mom and Nicole the mistress have also communicated as well. And of course, Chris's mom loves her and thinks she's perfect. She didn't really have any relationship with the kids and she blames Shanann for that. And so her remorse is lacking. She feels like she could have had a better relationship with those kids, but she blames Shanann for that. But because Shanann stood in the way, Chris never ever felt like his parents did anything bad or ignored them. He never checked them. He just pretended like everything was fine and he would agree with Shanann. But in reality, he didn't think what his parents were doing was wrong. His father, however, is more of like a remorseful person, not so much his mom. I think he's a lot more like mom. But the sister and the mother really do blame Shanann for all of this. In addition to that, I feel like they have troll accounts and attack people that come after them online often. And, you know, Chris, their poor baby.
1: Of course. Now there's a Facebook group that is dedicated to finding out where this mistress is now. And there's rumors that now her new name is Angela Marie Avis. Can we confirm if that is in fact true?
0: (laughs) It absolutely is. And it looks as though she is being harassed currently. She may end up moving to another state. From what Shanann is showing me, it looks like it could be Arizona.
1: I mean, poor baby getting harassed from getting away with helping in a murder. There's also an article, actually a mugshot, stating that she had stabbed somebody when she was 16 years old and it was a family member. Did she actually do that as well? Yeah, she was a wild child and she did some really crazy things.
0: When she didn't get her way, even when discussing with her friends about the fact that Chris had children, it pissed her off. Saying pretty eerie things over and over again about how she didn't want to have kids. She didn't want him to have kids. Why did he have to have kids? Why did all the good guys have to have kids? Like she was obsessive about that.
1: Now, did his mom or anyone else in the family know that he was going to do this? That is a good question.
0: I feel like he gave them a heads up, specifically the mother, but I do not feel like he told her exactly what was going to go on, but he did tell his mommy dearest he was going to take care of it. She will no longer be a problem. I even feel like his mother would tell him that the kids were brainwashed and he had never, ever once defended Shanann to her.
1: Well, we know that he had gotten oxycodone from somebody to make Shanann fall asleep heavily and possibly also have a miscarriage with baby Nico. And from what we gather, it was a couple of occasions that he gave this to her, as you said. Now, what took place here? Who was this secret person that gave him the oxycodone?
0: I believe it was either Nicole or his mom. Now, Shanann is saying it was possibly both of them at the same time coming up with it. So maybe it was Chris Watts, mom or Nicole, one of the two. But yes, apparently that was like, um, hey, this will help. I've looked it up online. Now, obviously, he was trying to get rid of this baby from pretty much the moment Shanann told him she was pregnant. He didn't want this baby and that she had trapped him into having another kid. And Nicole felt so terrible for him and said that maybe this would help giving the medication. Perhaps maybe an ex-boyfriend of hers. I don't know. There's some connection to Chris's mom, this idiot, and an ex-boyfriend. So who knows?
1: Definitely my feel on the situation as well. Now this whole case is just incredibly screwed up. I do hope though that Shanann and the kids are at peace. The girls definitely are.
0: They don't visit their father. Shanann doesn't necessarily let them. But when I write this letter, there's going to be a lot of things coming from her and the girls and even his son Nico and her own personal thoughts on everything. It might be a pretty long letter. She is a bit of a writer so keep an eye out for that. That should be coming soon. Not exactly sure when though.
1: Well we know she's a bit of a writer as her final letter that she wrote Chris right before he killed her was about two pages long. But thank you so much. We are not exactly sure when we are going to disclose or write this letter but we will definitely make maybe a little extra bonus for you guys on this to take a listen to perhaps maybe even on a live now next week we are going to be dropping the episode of Alyssa Turney and you guys aren't going to want to miss that one either until next time guys stay freaked out